The following podcast contains adult language and themes, and usually beverages. Listener discretion is advised. You're gonna have your mind. Ready or not, we are going there. Taboo topics are back on the table. Hi, I'm LeJohn. I'm Matt. And I'm Joe, and this is the Going There podcast. The name Karen has been appropriated by a lot of weird people in this country. Uh, And we are now in this culture where, because of the advent of the cell phone camera, we all have video recorders on us 24-7. And for better or worse, people are getting caught with their pants down, so to speak, doing racist, bigoted, and just crazy, crazy shit. And we have with us here today somebody who we're super psyched about. He is a chef and a social media icon these days and a big time influencer, host of the Instagram Karen's Going Wild, Pavel Polinich. And uh, he's here with us on the phone calling from D.C. How you doing? Hey, how are you guys doing? I'm very good. Uh, I'm very excited to be invited today. You have your own news that you essentially put together things that are happening that you're finding from social media and then the real wild stuff you're you're putting on your Karen's going wild uh, Instagram. And is it just Instagram or is it I know you have a TikTok as well, but some of it's your personal stuff and some of it's your um, Karen's going wild stuff and some of it's your news stuff. Yeah. So I've been trying to go into Twitter, too, or YouTube and TikTok, but um, it's just me. So it's hard to manage like uh, several pages and, you know, like my own personal page. So I'm starting to get into other social media platforms, but little by little. And I have to say this up front. Uh, you have, I mean, close to 800,000 followers on your Karen's Going Wild page. That's crazy. I mean, that's great. It's just that yeah. many Karens. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> how, many, how many of them are Karens? <laughs> it, it, it is insane, like, how the page kind of just went viral. Like, I, when I created a page, I never thought that it was going to explode the way that it did. Like, I wanted to help, but I, I never thought I was going to get so much support and at the same time hate. But, you know, a lot of times people don't realize that when they comment hating and, like, sending to other people to try to, like, bash the page, they actually helping with the algorithm so like the pictures <laughs> went like good so it it, it it was very surprising i never thought that it was going to turn out the way it did so when did you start the page uh the karen's going wild page so actually i started the page recently it was in march uh right after uh you know the whole like karen in new york the amy cooper uh, situation yeah that's when i decided to kind of create a page to kind of compile all this all those you know like all the karens that they were like doing bad things out there and in the beginning i started just putting out videos that already were going kind of going viral but then like people start sending sending them to me directly, you know? So that's kind of how, like, you know, I was getting prime videos that, you know, not, not any news outlet had or any other major pages had. It was just like, you know, it, it was just showing up for the first time on the on the Karen's Going Wild page that, so that made the pages kind of go blow, blow up. That That's so awesome. So for our listeners, um, obviously you can tell, uh, Pavel and I are from the same place since we have the same exact <laughs> accent. Yeah, right. Um, 
he has a much sexier voice than me. And uh, uh, so let's talk about how this all started. So you're originally from Peru and you only moved over to the States a few years ago, right? Yeah. So I'm Peruvian born and raised. Uh, and, uh, you know, with uh, I never planned that I was going to end up in the U.S. leaving and actually this was going to be like my country and becoming a citizen. Like I, it was not in my plans growing up, but I really loved and fell in love of, uh, uh, of the U S of the city. And, you know, here I am like, <laughs> that's awesome. And, and so when did you learn English? Did you learn just as you were coming over here or did you, did you learn some of it growing up? So I, you know, in school they teach you English and I actually was very good, but I, I didn't realize that it was not enough until I actually came to the United States and people were like talking to me and, and I was like, oh my God, I don't know, no English. Like yeah. I feel like all those years were wasted at class <laughs> because I cannot understand anything. Yeah. And, um, but little by little, you know, I, you know, like I start taking some classes online and I put, you know, the goal to the goal to myself to be able to, you know, watch a lot of movies in English and uh, watch a lot of music and, you know, learning the lyrics to try to uh, improve my pronunciation. So that's how I start, you know, like becoming better in, in the language. Yeah, because in America, most of us take Spanish growing up. And I, I could probably tell you three Spanish words, and they're bathroom, beer, and sex, I think. And that's about it. <laughs> it's still pretty good. Well, the basic, <laughs> yeah, the well, basic yeah. one, yeah. <laughs> you know what to say if you go to a different country. That's yeah, what, yeah. <laughs> Where's the bathroom? Where's the beer? Where's the sex? <laughs> Where can I have sex in a bathroom, please? <laughs> I get the whole package on that, please. <laughs> uh, my, a friend of mine married uh, somebody from uh, Kazakhstan, where Borat's supposed to be from and she learned english by watching the show friends on reruns um but it was funny because the first time i met her she had just been trying to learn english by watching movies and tv shows and we're bowling she didn't say a word in english until she got a strike and she went yippee kaye motherfucker <laughs> i was like well someone's seen die hard so that's good so were you already an activist when you were in Peru or was coming here or even seeing on the news before you got here what said, oh, shit, we got to do something about this? Well, I feel like I always had that passion about like helping others and I always participate, you know, like in helping like uh, whenever there was like com campaigns to help like poor people for like Christmas, like feeding the homeless. Oh, I did a lot of activism for like, uh, you know, against GMO in Peru because we're trying to c conserve like our like, uh, you know, like our food. So uh, I started very young doing th those things and I never understood how bad was like uh, the, the like whole racism problem until I actually moved to the U.S. When I actually have to like learn about like what was the history behind it because we don't back in peru we there is like more like classism than racism you know so but when i moved here i there's when i learned the whole story about like slavery about segregation and you know that uh you know i experienced my own like uh, you know issues when people were like telling me go back to you know to uh, to mexico 
I'm not even from Mexico, but that's that's the one that. Wait that a I second, get Peru old. and Mexico aren't the same country? <laughs> Isn't Peru yeah. a city in Mexico? <laughs> oh, you shouldn't be speaking Mexican in in the U.S. And I'm like, oh my God, Mexican is not a language. Like, <laughs> speak American. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll speak Mexican. You speak Karen. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I kind of you know as the years pass by. I start, you know, working on myself and realizing that those comments actually were very ignorant and they were like, you know, they didn't represent what like America was, you know, it was just some people that they didn't, they were very, they were not open to people from another country. Yeah. It's so, you know, what you talked about having more of a class system, I mean, racism or bigotry or hatred, it's certainly nothing unique to America. Uh, the slavery aspect is what adds a whole new dimension to it. But, you know, like India had the caste system of the past, which is, you know, they were all the same race, but it was a, well, you're a street sweeper, then you're garbage, but, uh, you know, we're higher level than you. Um, but you've also, I assume, have experienced bigotry and homophobia in the form of that as well, right? Yes. As a gay man, I've definitely experienced uh, that and that actually was one of the main things back in Peru because Peru is a very Catholic, very traditional, like you know, not very open-minded country. So for the longest time, I thought I was gonna grow up to be this, you know, forever single guy who never came out as a gay as a gay man. And you know, until this day, Peru hasn't doesn't have any like rights like you cannot get married you cannot adopt so there's still a lot of work so that was like you know a, a very type of issue that i you know i experienced like growing up being gay and and is that one of the reasons that you wanted to come to america because um it's traditionally more you, tolerant you, you thought they'd be more tolerant <laughs> over yeah, here exactly, yeah. when i first moved to the u.s i was very excited about that the fact that i could be openly gay there was like uh you know like uh, there was like gay marriage and like all these protections that i didn't have back in peru so that definitely that was something that made me so happy but at the same time, there are certain aspects that we still need to, you know, get better as a country. Yeah, we, we've talked about that on this podcast. First of all, we've covered racism. We've talked about bigotry. Um, and we solved it. Yeah, yeah. We, didn't, you, <laughs> didn't you get the memo? <laughs> Let's go around the table. Um, are you guys cool? I think we should all share experience about the first time or one of the first times you remember feeling that kind of hatred and bigotry. Where do I start, man? I remember um, when I was a kid at the uh, the IX Center. You know, it's a, it's a big exposition center where they have all these like um, uh, trade shows and, and and rides and games and things like that. Sometimes, in this particular time, they had a it was the the what's it, what they call the National Gun and Rifle Show or something like that. It was yeah. a traveling show or whatever. And um, so I'm looking at these uh, you know the guns and the knives and everything. I'm just with adults and stuff and going around so i kind of strayed away a little bit by myself and uh this, this white guy walks over and says you like that boy i'm like hey they're cool and i didn't think anything i mean i, I don't know any better as, as time went on I'm and like, you're a little boy so you're boy. thinking yeah, yeah. i'm like yeah i like that yeah he's like yeah that's the kind of stuff for every red-blooded american real americans like us i said okay i don't have enough money but you know that's cool and uh as time went on i'm like damn that was really fucked up that was really messed up what that guy was saying to me. And he was just like so cool with it. Because he, he's just calling you boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, just straight, straight up and everything. So, you know, but that's, like, again, one of many. I can go on forever. But yeah, that's that's the but first one. But that one stuck with you. Yeah, that's the first one I remember. That, that's Yeah, the first one that I remember having, yeah. Um, 
I was lucky enough to grow up in Kent, uh, and that's a university town in Ohio. So a lot of the um, in the neighborhood, a lot of the people who were there were professors. And since it was we had a liquid crystal institute, no American was a professor there. It was all uh, foreigners and their kids. So I grew up in a nice little um, diverse enclave. But then uh, at the end of fifth grade, I moved to a town, two towns over. And uh, the first thing everyone asked me is like where I'm from and what am I? Um, Because I'm slightly more tan. So I remember that was a big issue there. That sucked. Uh, So what I'll do is I'll play the bad guy and I'll share the first time I said something that was very innocent that sticks with me to this day because... I I wish I could go back in time and change it or find this person. So I had a good friend. One of my good friends in second grade was black. But because we came from, uh, the name of the city is Cuyahoga Falls. And the joke was it was Caucasian Falls because it used to be back in like the post-war, post-World War II times, it was like the whitest city in the nation. Um, Even though my family's Italian and, you know, we were still one step below the regular white man. My my friend asked me if he could spend the night at my house. I was like, yeah, I'll ask my mom. And I go home and I ask my mom, is he allowed to spend the night? And she's like, of course. I go, well, he's black. It was no one talked about race and no one talked. We talked about slavery and we learned about racism, but there was such like we've talked about that subverted like like institutional racism that you didn't realize that you were never taught to be anti-racist. And so you weren't taught to say something like, of course you can spend the night. Like, why would it fucking matter? But I think even he was asking me, am I allowed to spend the night in such a white house? Yeah. If, if two kids are noticing the, that they might be crossing racial lines and get in trouble, it's a, uh, it's embedded pretty deep. Umaru, if you're out there, buddy, I love you. You can spend the night anytime you want. <laughs> Bring the onesie. <laughs> I, I think the first time that, it, like, here in the U.S., it was when I started working uh, as a cook, one of my first jobs here in the U.S., and I remember I was very excited uh, about the new job. So, you know, as a new person, you I was working very, very hard uh, to try to, like, you know, that everything was great, like, clean, there was three white guys to the work in, in the kitchen. And I felt like they were upset about me trying to be like good work. Yeah, but like, I remember he's like, your people, he said like something like your people are always trying to steal our jobs. They come to steal the Americans job. And I was like, it kind of like, you know, like I felt like it was very messed up that they say that because I was like, I was trying to be their friend. You know, I was actually trying to help them out to kind of just become, you know, part of the, of the whole group. You know, I was very young. So you know, I was different from whatever you know, club they had of, you know, of white or white people or race. Unlike what Joe would say, we did not solve it. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, sorry. At least a lot of the people who've come to this country and assimilated to some extent have said, like, my dreams of what America was, this land of the free, this land of opportunity. You get there and there still is some of that. But then it's also like the ugly underbelly you don't see on the TV, you don't see in the movies where you're like, this place is actually a little messed up. When, when I actually came to the U S and like experienced the other side of people actually don't want us to be here. I I didn't understand. I didn't understand it very well because I was like, why not? You know, like 
they you know um people come from other countries to work hard to you know bring their families to grow the economy all together it should be a good thing you know that's what i thought but it's something deep inside um, you know uh some people that they don't want to let that go you know and i've never really heard a native american say that to somebody go back to your country no, but white people have told Native Americans who they thought were also Mexican. So the Mexican, those poor Mexicans, they get blamed for everything. And, and most of the people they call Mexican are not. Um, can we can we switch gears real quick to a, a, a good part of the subject, which is tell us a little bit about uh, your creativity in food and being a chef and and how that's uh, helped you express yourself. Well, I um, Peruvian food is a very diverse type of food, you know, I. Uh, depending on the area that you are, like if you're in the mountains, if you're near the coast, like uh, the type of food changes in the proteins, the seasonings. But I grew up and um, uh, my grandma had restaurants back in Peru. So since I was very little, I always enjoy going to the restaurant and actually learning with the chefs. And they are the ones who taught me how to cook. Like by, what I was, by the time I was 16, it was um, I was actually a very good cook, so that's why what inspired me to become a chef and you know share part of that share part of that culture to the world. Cool. What's his, uh, what's your favorite Peruvian dish to serve to someone who's has no idea what Peruvian food is? Wait, it's Mexican food, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a taco. <laughs> it's tacos and burritos. <laughs> we don't actually do any any tacos or tortillas. We are not a. A lot of times, people think that you know all of South America and they they use the tacos and tortillas, but we are more of a rice and potatoes type of country. Uh, you know, we have a lot of Chinese and Japanese influence too. Uh, you know, after the war, uh, uh, World War One and World War Two, there was a lot of people who migrated to Peru. It was one of the uh, few countries that allow them you know to come and be part of the culture so we are a very rice and potatoes type of country and there's this dish called lomo saltado i was just gonna say i've had lomo saltado i love it yeah it's very good and try some peruvian chicken there's and they're expanding everywhere you know they're like the new ksc of uh, (laughs) of (laughs) wait is this a chain a restaurant chain no, it's just a type of that. We do like this roastery chicken that we have a specific seasoning that we put and they serve it with yuca. And like I said, we have a lot of uh, like Asian influence. So we have uh, fried rice too that it comes to it. A lot of times people don't connect it, but uh, the Chinese Peruvian food is called chifa. The model is just, you know, people can just repeat it over and over, like a bunch of areas that there's more like Latinos communities, there's a bunch of uh, Peruvian chicken places open up. So maybe around around where you guys are, there's a Peruvian chicken place. It's really good. We're going to take a little break, listen to some sweet songs from Ace and the Mighty Gan. Ace and the Mighty Gan, they're a two-man band consisting of childhood friends Logan Olberg and Dennis Seaman. And you can find their music on Bandcamp, SoundCloud, Facebook, Spotify, and uh, just a little deep cut. I'm in a couple of their music videos, so check them out. Indie Pop Darlings, Ace and the Mighty Gan. Heart and soul, Betty. 
coming back in force. So Karen's going wild. You blew up overnight, essentially, right? I mean, how soon did it go from I started this to holy shit, I have half a million followers. In the beginning, I was like, yes, I got a hundred followers. And then I think I woke up the next day and it was like, oh, I have a thousand followers. And you know, a thousand followers, I, I have my own personal page and I know how hard is it to grow, you know, your audience. So, and then I think a week after I was already in 10,000 followers. So there was a point when like, I think like after two months when I was like, I reached like a hundred thousand followers, then that I was like, oh, wow, this is like gonna, you know, go very, you know, very viral. And, you know, when I passed the half a million that it was like probably in July or something like July or August. After like three you know, months. That's crazy. <laughs> that's that's awesome. It, it is insane. But at the same time, I felt like, so I was posting a lot about Karen's, but it even went very political in the beginning because like, you know, I, I, it was it was a, a very sensitive subject and I wanted to focus in, in this specific thing. And, but I, when I start posting a little more about like informing people how to vote and about like the political candidates and like, you know, like supporting, publicly supporting, you have no idea how much like hate I got. Like it, it was insane because I was like, these people follow this Karen page. You automatically assume that they are, you know, on the good side of history. But then I, I find out that there's people who actually enjoy looking these type of videos, but they they are part of the problem. You represent actually something that's a beautiful thing, which is immigrants who come here, embrace our culture with open arms, try to assimilate into it as much as possible and embrace and uh, celebrate the democratic process by getting so involved. And instead you're criticized for it. That that should never happen. Because they'll still never be enough. It, 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 it None of that stuff will ever matter because as long as you don't look like them or us or whatever you want to or call sound it sound like them exactly. or, or mm -hmm. think like them or yeah. vote like them mm -hmm. yeah. nah, it doesn't matter and, and meanwhile like you said we're doing everything that you claim that you want us to do he went through the process correctly yeah. he he he's getting involved with the vote yeah and then you still yeah. question him <laughs> you're a dick exactly <laughs> so is that what inspired you to start doing uh karen's gone wild yeah so one of the main reasons that i created the page is that I there's so many cases of people who, especially if they're young or like they're new to the country or or, or they are, uh, you know, experiencing this type of racism, it can hurt a lot. It can like mess up with your self-esteem, with your like, you know, as your persona. So I wish that there's a day when people actually are more, uh, these Karens and these uh, people out there are more aware about what they're going to say, because now everybody has a phone so if you get caught on a recording somebody records you saying some racist stuff or some like you know you know homophobic stuff you you're gonna end up like losing your job losing your career people don't really want to be associated with people like that so i hope that there is a point in our lives that people are gonna think it twice uh, before saying those things so future generations of young people don't actually have to experience like this type of you know so much hate that we have seen especially like the last four years when everybody i feel like all hell broke loose with the whole racism stuff like people are were so comfortable about expressing this racist behavior that it was for me amazing how how, how much 
how often they did. Well, that that kind of stuff has to be somebody has to ignite that. Um, and we can all have our assumptions about who did it. Uh, just like in a, in a household, if if in my household I was down with, you know, mistreating women and mistreating people of color and things like that, I'm pretty certain my children would go on and do the same things. So it comes from the top down. So uh, when you have that kind of energy from the top, it's, it makes it easy for those. It enables them. And that's that's the bullshit. And what you're doing is you're holding a mirror up or a camera phone and um, making them have to reckon with their actions and and so my question is you know there's this is such a layered um peruvian dish if you will uh, <laughs> you know you had you said to make people think twice about doing it at the same time i kind of appreciate that they at least are being vocal about it so we know where they stand are, are you afraid that maybe it will push people back because it's not that the racism wasn't there is that it was so deep and hidden and now it's out. Yeah. And I feel it, it, it stopped it from being taboo. And the problem when, when things become just taboo, like the race, the racism issue, it just becomes like, Oh, we just don't talk about it. We don't say anything about it. We don't, uh, we don't talk to, uh, to Latinos. We don't talk to black people. It, it, so it becomes this taboo thing, but we, we actually talk about it and, and, and bring it up in conversations is when we actually can start having a, a real conversation about what is happening and how we can get better, you know? And because sometimes there's, I, I have a lot of white friends who have told me, it's like, I, I'm not, I am not a racist person, but I, I felt uncomfortable around people from other, like if, from with Latinos, with black people. And I didn't understand why. And they had to they had to go through her their own journey to kind of learn like where where did this come from? Oh, it was teach uh, it was taught by my dad, you know, like talking, you know, surrounding yourself with more diverse people, you know, if you feel like everybody around you just looks like you, try to you know, diversify your circle of friends. So when you start actually caring about people from uh, other races, other cultures, and loving them, that's when you start opening up your heart and kind of put, you know, leaving behind that, you know, a little bit of racism, the racism that you might have, or a little bit of bigotry, because everybody has, you know, these unconscious, unconscious biases that, you know, that we have been taught, you know, from very young. So, diversify your group of friendship. Yeah, I was going to say that um, a lot of people will uh, get really defensive if they think that they're being called racist. But there's this great Avenue Q song called "Everyone's a Little Bit Racist." <laughs> And um, really the idea is that everybody does have this underlying racial bias, or at least from my experience in the United States. Do you think that you have any kind of bias that's uh, subconscious that you ever have to fight against? I, I feel like... Karens? Aside from the Karens. It could be also for like, um, you know, the even things that they're funny, like for example, that we joke about sometimes, like, oh, like, Whenever you go to a Thanksgiving dinner and and then you're thinking, oh, my God, I need to eat before uh, think that Thanksgiving dinner because it's only like white people. So probably the food <laughs> is not going to be good. And and sometimes you are marked very bad because you have had a bad experience. With That's it. just like you and... wearing a seatbelt when you get in the car. Though. <laughs> <laughs> that's just safety. Yeah, no, that's smart. Hey, do you think that you have reached a Karen? Have you gotten through? Have you had? Have you had a breakthrough with one? And one of them has come back to you, said, "You know what? 
I was wrong for that. And thank you for exposing me in my in my yeah, even if they weren't the ones in the videos, sure. but if they were like, I've done that before and I didn't realize how damaging it was. Have you have you reached anybody on the other side? Uh, I have reached uh, people who will. Um, they actually are Karens. Their name is Karens, and <laughs> they have reached and, out to me and told me, "Hey, by the way, I am a. My name is Karen, and I grew up in this little town, and I am working very hard to be able to get get rid of these ideas that I have. And I am actually a Karen that supports uh, the movement. You know, so those those type of messages are very they're very inspiring. You know, but Karen, Karen. I, there was a couple of signs that I posted on my page of people. You know, like Karens against like a systemic racism. Or oh, I want to speak to the marriage of the management of manager of systemic racism so nice when when you recognize that privilege that you have and actually uh use that privilege that power that you have to something good that's when you are making in a, a better united states a better america you know just recognize it you know own it because I, I, you're right a lot of times people get defensive about it when you talk about white privilege and when you talk about these type of things, uh, they get very like, no, I'm not like that. I'm, I, I, I'm, uh, and th the only thing you're doing is just like closing yourself uh, up, and then you are not able to improve. Can we, let's talk about how you get the content, because um, obviously you don't have time to make all of these videos yourself, but you post them. How do you, how do you get them? So normally, all the videos that I post are actually sent by the the people that recorded it. And I literally get so many messages a day with people saying like, hey, this happened to me or like they record a video. So I go through like, a, you know, like a filter process when I sometimes you cannot hear anything or, you know, like I think I need to do like an instructional video of how to record a Karen. Because if you're inside the car and you're blasting music and you're recording, outside you're not going to listen to anything so sometimes i want to post things but you cannot really I'm, hear I'm, or... I'm i am offering this right now if you want to make an instructional video because i own a video production company that's that's who's doing the podcast i will make your how to record a karen's video i will make it just to be a part of the cause that sounds amazing that sounds amazing yes because sometimes the videos are they, they could be good like they could be they could show something but if people don't you know like you don't if don't do a very good job or you don't clean your camera before you record something or take a picture then i can only see the grease on your camera and then i cannot actually see the thing <laughs> i would love this video first <laughs> step step one ask yourself Am I a camera? <laughs> yeah, flip the camera. <laughs> In the instructional video. So, yeah, that's that's how I got the, most of the videos. People send them to me. I check the video. I hear the story. Uh, how many messages do you get on an average day? I, I don't really know. I receive like thousands of messages. <laughs> how the hell it's, did we get a hold of you then is my question. Because <laughs> you send me an email, which is like the most... Uh, easier way to reach out to me and that's why i said like i put it on my profile if it's like something really important like just send me an email sometimes it's just like a, haha i love this video but it it's already my on my dm as a message so um i cannot go through all the messages that i receive a day so it's kind of like a 
I scroll, I click, I try to read the, the intro of it to be able to see if it's actually a video, if it's just a comment of somebody saying like, you know, ha ha ha, or good or job. Somebody or just like filming their feet. Yeah, I, <laughs> Take I, that, know, Karen, you bitch. <laughs> you have nice no kids. idea how many inappropriate pictures I get all the time. <laughs> I am Do like, you get a lot of solicitations by by other men and women? I don't know if you guys saw his picture. He's he's actually a very very handsome, very fit man. I'm not gay, but he made me question that just a little bit. <laughs> we'll you. be emailing I, you. <laughs> I get a lot of like deep pictures. Like it's it's insane. It's like it will be sometimes. It's like I love you, and then picture uh, a a penis picture, and then it's like. Oh, I hate you. And then it's like a deep picture. <laughs> and, then, and then the dick. Yeah, picture. that's about right. I can't stand you. Look at my dick. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, that, that, first of all, like sometimes people need to learn also how to take a good picture about it too, because if the lighting is we'll good. We'll do the instructional videos for the dick pics too. I've seen some crazy things. We, we now have two instructional videos. I think we can make a lot of money on this if we team up. <laughs> I really do. How to film dicks and Karens. <laughs> how to, yes. How to take a decent, at least a decent. I always say, it doesn't have to be good. Right. You know, like a six. Decent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Find somebody with dainty hands to put it next to it for scale. <laughs> yeah. Put a penny next to it. Or... <laughs> what is this show about anymore? <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen LeJohn laugh this hard. The whole time we're talking, I'm like, yeah, we'll probably cut some of this out. But this might be a whole different show. Dick pics. <laughs> Dick pics, yeah. Um, I've never seen LeJohn laugh this hard. You broke him, buddy. You broke him. Would you say you get more hate mail than love mail or vice versa? I think it's like, um, it depends on what I post. Sometimes I get a lot of love, like people's support, but I get also a lot of like hate mail, like very bad things. And sometimes like I'll block them on my page and then they go to my personal page and then they they try to like contact me there and i'm like i i'm like how, why are you so obsessed with me if you don't like the page just don't like don't follow it why are you keep like trying to track me and create a fake account to try to talk to me i'm like and then i just learned that sometimes people just want probably they're lonely and they just want attention and they want to get in arguments with you and you know once you reply once they get this satisfaction feeling so that's why they they try to contact you like anywhere that they can that makes sense yeah you can't reason with crazy no you you can't like i've tried like i remember especially in the beginning i will like share articles with them they will give me a uh you know a question and i will try to reason with them but it was those type of conversations when you realize there's not going to go nowhere because you will explain, I will explain a, a subject and then they will just go to the next picture. But why? But why? But what? And so I was like, I mean, this is going to go nowhere. Or they will bring another issue. And then like I had to explain the whole issue. And, uh, it was it was just not worth it. You know, like they already have made up their mind. So, um, you know, I, I was happy that I, I'm now I feel like more able to post about political thing uh things on the page too and without like receiving so much mail uh, hate right i just wanted to make fun of women yeah. i didn't want to make fun of my bro eight. well yeah it, you can't win that uh i love to quote mark twain he has some of the best quotes of all time and one of them that i found in an old journal from eighth grade was never argue with stupid people. They will drag you down to their level and then beat you with experience. And it is just so goddamn true. 
Um, I love that. Yeah, oh, it is yours to share. I, it wasn't Mark Twain. It was me. Quote me. Um, so, so you're living in this country now where we glorify ignorance and stupidity, but we certainly also celebrate celebrity. And so, I imagine your life, the your day to day life, has changed a little bit because you've been quoted in national newspapers and on all kinds of uh, digital media stories. Has do you feel like it's blown up a lot, or is it more we're just seeing it from our end? I feel like it, it did. Uh, I remember the first uh, kind of major celebrity that followed the page. I was so excited. It was Madonna, and. Uh, she followed the page and shared one of my videos and she tagged me on it and I was just like going nuts. So how did uh, you feel once she started uh, fighting with you through direct message? Yeah. How do you feel about the second dick pic she sent you? (laughs) (laughs) She she didn't fight with me. She was actually very nice. Uh, We exchanged a couple of messages, you know, like we talk about like the issue. So, you know, I, I, and my mom wasn't more proud of it because she was like, my son, actually had a message conversation with Madonna. I, I just thought it was like, uh, uh, it, it, it makes me excited when I actually get, you know, support from everybody, you know? But I feel like for my friends, I'm like a little local uh, DC celebrity. They always joke about about that now, but I am, I'm the same person, you know, like that I always, I always been, it doesn't, he hasn't like, you know, like gone through my head or anything like that. And I feel like uh, my main my main cause is just to help a bigger issue, a bigger problem. So, um, yeah. And you pretty much already answered the question. I was, I was wondering, like, how was, how was everything uh, perceived and and received by family and friends as far as the stance you've been taking and everything with the Karens and whatnot? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, they were very supportive. At the beginning, they were actually worried about the uh, about the whole thing because you know there is some crazy people out there. But uh, you know, I'm very cautious about like where I post and if I post something, I don't put my uh, location right away, you know? So now I post delay things. Once I leave the restaurant, I actually post about it. So as much as you don't want to be, I mean, that's part of the problem of being famous is you get the crazies. As well as being a social justice warrior. It's not- I, Because I had a, I had had very bad things, like, you know, people tread, uh, you know, threading me and like tell them they're gonna find me and you know and things like that. I'm gonna find you. I'm following you on the street. I know you live in DC. Yeah, but these yeah, are like, the people uh, who think you're from Mexico, so they're probably not gonna track <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, they're, they're in the wrong in the wrong place. I'm at the border. Where are you, boy? Tijuana, <laughs> <laughs> <you> bitch. <laughs> Yeah, it, it 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 is insane. It's like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna fuck you up, and then they'll be like, you know, you're gay, and then suddenly dick pic, and I'm like, <laughs> I feel some uh, internalized homosexuality type of situation. You're it, this is <laughs> this is some crazy stuff. Did you did you ever see the the film American Beauty? The the dad next door to the neighbor thinks his son is having homosexual sex with his neighbor the older man and he goes over there to confront him. And then it turns out the dad is actually gay and he, he tries to make a move on him. And of course, talk about Karen's it's Kevin Spacey who stars in the film. God damn it. We were just talking about that last night. You know, Kevin Spacey is a good segue sadly into the cancel culture. So it's like this culture of gotcha. And now you're done. There's no redemption. You're finished. What are your feelings on that? Because I think some people said, you know, this guy represents the cancel culture. He's just he's shutting down Karens to throw them away and shut them up for good. I don't feel like that's what 
you're doing. And I don't feel like there is a one size fits all for the cancel culture. But what what do you what do you think about all that? Yeah, actually, recently I got I did an interview with BBC and it was about the Karen situation. And then when I saw the interview, because I have like Google alerts, uh, and then I was like, they didn't even they didn't even let you know when it was out. No. And the title of the article was called uh, the cost of council culture and something like Pavel Pavlinich and behind the cancel culture. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my that God. That was the one I read. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, that's not the way we talk about, but it was the whole issue. But I, I feel like so I, I feel sometimes, uh, especially like under the like Trump with the whole cancel culture and how uh, uh, he's very against it because he doesn't like people being accountable. Um, I feel there is uh, people make it actually worse than it is. It is like people. It is true. People. Some people lose their job and lose their careers or or whatever. But it's not like they're you know like erased from the earth forever. Like you know, there are several cases of people who have been canceled and still have made a comeback later. You know, like like what is the name of the girl from you know, Harry Potter, J.K. Rowling, and she made some. Uh, I think it was like transphobic comment. Yeah, and, yeah you she's know, digging she's... her heels in though, right? Yeah. Yes. And it's so surprising because she was, you know, it's like the person who goes, I love everyone and people who hate her the worst other than the Jews. I can't stand those guys. Or I guess it just makes you realize that everyone has these issues to some degree. Yeah. yeah. And, and, whatever, and whatever it takes to bring those issues out but you got to look within yourself and say well it, it exists within yourself as, as well and um are you the type of person to stand up for it or not i'll share one of the a couple of the videos i saw and if if you want to mention maybe a couple of the ones that you remember the most that stuck out to you i recently saw the one that you posted where the guy was going around putting swastika stickers on everything and he's wearing a mask of course and the dude taping him is hilarious he reminds me he his voice reminds me of a character from a movie that I can't pinpoint, but he's just like, no, bro, like, uh, uh-uh, uh, that, no, no, fuck that, bro, no. And the guy's like, oh, I'll take it down. He goes, no, I just want your ass out of here. Like, you don't belong here. You don't do that shit. And this dude, I he had no excuse for it, but you would have thought like you caught him praying in public or something, where he's like, okay, if this offends you, like, like he thought what he was doing was totally fine. He goes, I believe in the ideology. And they're like, the i ideology is about hate you know killing people are you kidding Kill? yeah and and he was just like well whatever you know it's just like you know and then i would want to share my favorite funny video that wasn't a karen video your tiktok where it was like you had the voiceover and the person's like uh homosexuality is an illness uh, yeah i i made i made that one it was like i just like recorded and he says yeah homosexuality is illness so i just record myself saying like oh taking my temperature and then calling my boss saying like i don't think i can go to work today i woke up a little gay <laughs> yeah uh have you recovered since then <laughs> I, I haven't been able to recover but the one that i posted actually today about the woman on the voter fraud trial or what oh else, the michigan like, uh, the michigan like uh council yeah i, I yeah. have named her the conspiracy karen you know i the saw that that was awesome <laughs> i was like first of all she sounded like she was drunk i'm sorry she was drunk are trying to spam her and tell her and telling me that that's the way i shouldn't make fun of how people talk that she was not drunk I was, she was totally you know she was like and you know how many uh you know how many balls there 
she <laughs> she embodied the term Karen more than any human being. It's like it's like Voltron. There was like six small Karens who got together and created like Super Karen. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry if, you, if Rudy Giuliani is tapping you on your leg, telling you to stop. That <laughs> you have gone too good. far because Rudy Giuliani has said some crazy stuff all the time. If he's telling you that you're going too far, you're actually going too far. That's like Gary Busey telling you you just did too much coke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Ex- Sorry if you exactly. don't get that reference. <laughs> she was hilarious. It was hilarious. And like this yeah. whole, like, it's, it's been like a circus type of situation. When I hear like the the things that are happening, I, I, I find it hilarious. But I, I'm just like. It looks, sounds, and feels like satire top to bottom. It is, and then Rudy Giuliani farted like twice uh, at, that, <laughs> at that thing. So I'm like, the, when I got the, <laughs> when I saw the video, That's I was his soul like, oh. trying to escape. It's been trying to get out of there for years. Yeah. When I saw the video, policy. I was like, no, this is definitely being edited. This video can be true. So I actually had to go to the official site see through the whole thing until I found the moment and he actually does fart. So I was just like, <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to put something like allegedly fart, but I was let me just actually find the, you know, like I have to use a lot of allegedly now these days. That was the rudiest fart scandal that's ever happened to this country. Yeah. And he's having like a, a, a tough couple of weeks because the whole, when he was, his face was melting last week with the whole hair dye. It oh, was everywhere. You know what? Thank you for bringing that up. I wanted to say this on the podcast because we might find out by the time this episode airs. Do you think that maybe there's a small chance that there's a hero in his circle? Because to me, one of the things, okay. All of them, I re- he's he's a lot of things, but he's not stupid. I, I, Joe looked at me. Are you sure? No, well, oh, I, I think there's some dementia and stuff going on, but here's yeah. what I'm saying. When you make the phone call and you say, hey, we need to book the Four Seasons, I, <laughs> tell me somebody didn't do that to fuck with it. Tell me there's not a hero who's not wearing a cape on the inside. Somebody who said, hey, I got some really good hair dye for you. <laughs> hey, somebody who said, I mean, they, they got him making like making fun of Chinese people on a, on a Zoom call. Like He knows the camera's on. I think there is a hero out there. Whoever you are, I hope you hear this. I wish we could make a beacon in the sky for you, like Batman. You are the anti-Karen. You are the hero we didn't ask for, but the hero we deserve. The one sabotaging Rudy Giuliani. (laughs) And if you think about it, Rudy Giuliani could have gone on the history books, like the mayor of New York. He was like through. He took the you know New York through 9/11. He was like. It was he was it was not that yes it was America's he had a good reputation like you know like he couldn't stay there but now he's gonna go on history like like as you know as a joke as instead a, he's in a Borat movie yeah, putting his a, hand out he's his a pants. moldy cantaloupe <laughs> instead we're he's we're talking about him on a Karen's podcast <laughs> do you have any final thoughts you would like to share um, before we kind of close out um, just. Um, be good one another. And if you are listening to podcasts and you feel like identify with these problems, you know, know that we know us. There's still part of the country who's are actually are trying uh, looking for us to get better. And if you're on the other side, you're trying to uh, you know get away from those type of like 
you know, racial bias or racial behavior that you feel they're deep in you and you don't know why. Try to diversify your group of friends. Try to get to know people that they don't look like you. You know, if you everybody around you is the same, you're never going to be able to learn and to experience. You know, this there's a big war out there that is just not the United States of America. It's you know, there's so many cultures, languages that you can enjoy, that you can meet people who who can actually like you and you know and can can actually make your life more happy than what it is right now. So just be good with one another. And isn't it so much more interesting when people around you are different from you? Yeah, it, it is definitely. And sometimes I feel like these people are like full of hate because they haven't had a lot of love. And sometimes that creates a, a lot of issues too. So just diversify yourself. Thank you so much. I mean, we're honored, especially having heard how many people are reaching out to you on a daily basis. And the fact that we did it without an unsolicited dick pic is, is pretty <laughs> impressive. And we, we have so much appreciation for that. You can check him out at Pavel Polinich on Instagram or at Karen's Going Wild. And it's and it's Wilds with an S, right? Yeah. It's, so that's um, people never understood why. But I have a thing about saying w things where I s in the end is kind of my thing everybody of my friends knows me i say i love you it's yeah it's a thing that i that i became and i i feel like if i wouldn't know that it was gonna explode i would have just go wild but you know like anyway you just still did very good so it's wild <laughs> <laughs> it's at karen's going wilds uh, and uh, it's got over 750,000 followers right now. And by the time this this launches, who knows, it could be over a million, which we're hoping for you. Make sure that you check the Pavel Palomich because now there is like a million pages called Karen's Going Well. I have to copyright my own name to be able to use it uh, uniquely. So More than anything, the most important thing isn't really that. It isn't even this podcast. It's good people out there trying to do good things. And especially when you came here, you embraced us and you weren't em embraced and returned by the people who should have. Uh, know that you at least have five people in this room who, who love you, man, who think what you're doing is awesome. Oh, thank you very much. And now we're going to stay connected through on social media. So I can, I put a face on the voice. Yes. And I'm, uh, my handle is, um, R U D Y <laughs> Giuliani. <laughs> it is the hero behind Giuliani. <laughs> is it you, Joe? Is it you? It was me. And uh, keep entertaining while you're at it because if people can't laugh, I mean, we're just in a much worse spot than we were before. Thank you very much for inviting me. I had an amazing time, actually. I, it was very fun and entertaining and so easy to talk to you guys. So thank you. Joe, LeJohn, and Matt. Oh, yes, indeed. Thank you so much, sir. We truly appreciate you. We just went there. Now you can go to Instagram at The Going There Podcast, Facebook at Going There Podcast, or email us at goingtherepodcast at gmail.com. This podcast is made possible by its hosts and Frame One Media in association with Lindsey Baker, Tyler Kubisti, Michael Madgar, Joe Cowley, and Bobby Thomas.